This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC on ESPN Plus 31, Brunson vs. Shabazian, talk fighter stocks with GSP, hit you with their segments, broadcast breakdown, isn't he awesome, and real-world callouts. Discuss the news this week in the UFC, and last but not least, preview UFC on ESPN Plus 32, Lewis vs. Olenek. Here we go. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. My name is Alex. With me, as always, is our co-host, Ryan. Full show today, lots to cover, a little bit of everything. We'll finish with a preview of our UFC on ESPN 32, Lewis vs. Olenek. But first, we will start with our recap of UFC on ESPN 31, Brunson vs. Shabazian. So we'll jump right into the main event. A little bit of a shocker here. Big underdog coming through, Blondie Brunson, for the win. Yeah, honestly, it was a shocker, but about as uh, about as least of a shocker as you could imagine. I don't know. I kind of felt, and I know you did too, like that this was a possible upset that we could be seeing. It's you know, so when someone's 22 years old, their coach is um, Edmund Taverdian, and they're facing a vet like Derek Brunson, who's fought the who's who of the division. Um, you know, that's just a recipe for uh, for upset right there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And the price tag kept going up. Uh, the plus money kept going up for Brunson, too. He, he looks like he closed at plus 300. I think he actually at one point was as high as uh, plus 305. That's like circus money for a fight like this. I couldn't believe it. I kept thinking they were going to – I was telling pretty much everybody they were going to hammer that line, and it was going to come way down right before the fight. It just kept going up. I could not believe it. I mean, Brunson's worst loss coming into this on paper is Jacare. So to think that he it would have been a huge – drop and with his age and everything going I mean he's getting older too but I mean this one had all the writing of the young prospect push too push too far too soon um we kind of saw this one coming I it's kind of like the Chase Hooper fight uh we did not see that coming I didn't see that one coming but this one definitely had all the writings of an upset but um so a little surprising but not too surprised I guess but that price tag was shocking to me yeah, yeah, I agree. And then, um, yeah, Derek Brunson just had his way pretty much the whole fight. I mean, the first round was competitive. Second round, he really started taking over. And then, you know, third, we started to get a little bit of talk of, like, is this a late stoppage? I was like, oh, my God, don't don't give me this stuff again. So, glad. luckily, they kind of shut it down. And it was, uh, you know, they praised Herb Dean on a stoppage. But it seemed like they just wanted to jump all over him. Well, online they were, and we're getting to that point where every, it's just going to be that way for every single stoppage. That's what I was I was thinking. This is the first time I think Herb Dean, online now, he's such a bad ref online, according to the online crowd, that he actually stopped a fight too late and too early at the same time. So that's a new <laughs> record, because they were bitching that he didn't stop it after the second round. Then they were bitching that he stopped it too early in the third round. I mean, and and. The things the people I've listened to and some of the people I've heard are like stop it early because he's young. That's the coach's job, right? That's not the ref. The refs should treat everybody equal, don't you think? Yeah, agreed. Because that doesn't make any sense otherwise. So, I just think if you want to do one thing, maybe the coach could talk to the ref in the locker room beforehand and say like, if he starts taking damage, like don't be shy to jump in there. But even you don't even want to do that because you never you don't want to open the door for an early stoppage. I thought the stoppage was perfectly fine. Took a long look at him after the second round. 
Had the doctor look at him after the second round. Coach sent him back out there, so I don't have any problem with it at all. But I think we're just at the point where they're going to question every stoppage forever. Now, there was something a little weird, though. He kind of waved it off after the second. He did the little wave, the little hand wave, so. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't I was sure if it was uh... – if he was calling the fight or stopping the round, I just was I wasn't sure, but either way, I was fine with it. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't think he was waving it off. I think he was in position to stop the fight because of the bombs that were landing, but he um he just did the little wave off, maybe maybe a little muscle memory, whatever, but it wasn't anything to uh to worry about. So so yeah, no problems there. Um big upset, good win for Derek Brunson. Did not get the bonus though. Yeah, I think well, I think the win, it's all about that uh, the blonde hair, I think. <laughs> yeah, he had the blonde thing going. He's not the only one either, so putting him on the blonde map. Blonde hair Brunson. Yeah, Blondie Brunson. But, yeah, he uh, um, didn't, get the w- didn't get the win bonus, though, performance bonus even, which I thought was kind of weird. Uh, maybe he's in a little bit of trouble for smashing the hype train. I think this was the big moment for the UFC, though, because they got to bring Ronda back. They got to bring Ronda back into the picture. They had her on. Five minutes in, I realized this is like the 10th promo they've run for Ronda, and I was like, we're going to see this all night long. So, um, And that pretty much was the case. So, um, Yeah, the, prom- the promotion was honestly more for Ronda Rousey than it was for uh, Edmund. Yeah. yeah, Dana was loving it, and Rogan was too at home or wherever he was. <laughs> He's still upset about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's uh... – all right, so up next we got uh, Joanne Calderwood versus Jennifer Maya, and this is one you know they're like you got to praise um, Calderwood for being so busy. Um, you know she's got to beat everyone in the division to fight Valentina anyways because you know Valentina's just on another level, and just she goes out and loses it pretty easily. Woman's armbar, just you know kind of standard there, standard way to finish the fight. Um, yeah, I mean. But I think it brings us to, like, there's no one in that division for Valentina Shevchenko to fight. It's just as simple as that. Nobody is even close to on her level. The only other woman's fighter, it seems like, that is anywhere near her level is Nunes, who's just a hair above her. Two really close fights. Um, So, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing that one again. Yeah, they might as well at this point. Yeah, that division is literally just a revolving door of dumpster of who's going to pop out and fight valentina shevchenko every whatever two a couple months or whatever and then it's not she, her fights in this division have not even been close um you could say in a way that um calderwood lost her shot with it or you could say she won she kind of won because she now she doesn't have to get uh head kicked or knocked out brutally or whatever whatever's going to happen to um jennifer maya but that was an impressive win for her is like what was she the eight eighth ranked in that division what a mess of a division though like the number one the number 15 straw weight or whatever came up and beat the number one prospect a few or the number one contender two months ago so yeah that's uh <laughs> that one's a mess but the problem with Nunes is she's quite a bit bigger than Shevchenko but they might as well those were two good fights so they might as well just have them fight again because right now those two are in just no danger at all as far as the division either of their divisions go so yeah, I mean, some people think Shevchenko won that last one. So, I mean, I thought it was really close. I thought she might have won it, but yeah, I'd be. I mean, I'd be interested to see it again. Uh, I think it it makes more sense than really any other fight for both of them, seeing as both of their divisions are really weak right now. There's not really anyone for either of them to fight. So, maybe why don't they fight each other again? Yeah, it wouldn't bother me one bit. I'd be perfectly fine with it. I just don't have any faith in really anybody in that. Uh, I mean, there's some prospects that are worth that keep. Um, 
keeping an eye on. But other than that, there's really nobody in the rankings. The rankings don't even matter. So, um, yeah, and even worse, even worse when you go up to where Nunes is at. So, um, those they're a good match for each other. I just think Nunes is a little bigger. Like you said, the second fight was close, so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I don't think it'll happen though. Yep. So up next we got uh, Vicente Luque versus Randy Rude Boy Brown. Um, you know, don't reach for the ground. You're going to have a bad time. Um, it, it was a competitive fight. I thought up until that, honestly, I, I, I thought it could go either way up until that point. I thought Randy Brown was looking good. I thought Lu- Vicente Luque looked good. Um, and then, you know, you make a, you make a mistake. Like, uh, it really just seems like Randy Brown is one of those guys that finds ways to lose, you know? Um, cause you know, he, he has it almost, you know, he, he could go either way. He has the fights up for grabs and he just, he just gets kneed in the face. Yeah, don't reach for the, Randy. Don't reach for the ground, Brown. Yeah, he ate that one bad. <laughs> what was there? There was just really short amount of time left in the round. I read online too. Somebody was kind of breaking it down whether his fingers were touching or not. I guess it is, even if you're reaching, you're not grounded if you're reaching for the ground. You have to be actually planted. I don't know. Yeah, and I th- I think palms might even have to be down. Yeah, at least one of them. Because his fingers might have been touching. But yeah, he ate that knee. He was slumped. That was a, a brutal knee. Vicente Luque is um, – he's on a little bit of a run now. I mean, he got he got destroyed by Wonder Boy a few fights back. But he's a, he's a guy that people are paying more attention to now, and they'd really be paying attention. He called out uh, Nate Diaz after the fight. I don't think it'll happen. I don't see any upside for Nate to take that fight. But um, Vicente Luque, is, uh, he's a JLT Just Bleed certified. Yep. Yeah, sure is. And that fight's definitely not going to happen. I mean, Nate's only coming back for something big yeah. if he is coming back. So I, I definitely don't think that's something he'd come back for. I mean, it would be exciting, but I don't think there's any payday for Nate there. So um, other than that, yeah, Just Bleed certified Vicente Luque seems to always bring it. So can't really complain about him at all. Um, yeah, good fight. Knee, you know, pretty uh, pretty cut and dry there. Uh, you got anything else on it or you want to move to the next one? Nope. All right, so, I mean, up next, we got uh, Lando Venata versus Bobby Green, and um, I thought this was a really good fight. I, th- I think they every time these guys fight, it's going to be a good one. Uh, they both bring it. Um, yeah, and it, it was a really good fight. What do you got on it? Yeah, this was a good one. Um, I think you said last week Lando Venata is striking pretty overrated as far as because he had one really good performance. Uh, one of those guys, he kind of burns himself out early on, which I don't know if he really burned himself out early on in this one, but um bobby green just looked better he was yep yeah and he's um he's one of the guys that seem like a big winner of these uh you know these uh covid fights like the fights during um during covid there at the apex in vegas he bought here he beat um uh clay guida and um had a very good fight there and then he comes on and beats land of anata uh, to settle that draw the last time. So yeah, I think uh, Bobby Green's one of the one of the COVID winners. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this earlier too because Tanner Bozer just got booked another fight against Andre Arlovsky. If he knocks out Arlovsky, he's got to be the COVID king, at least up to this point. He'll be three for three, three knockouts. Yeah, he'll have Stipe next, right after <laughs> DC. If Dan Hardy has his way, he will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Bobby Green. Tanner Bozer, they're in competition. I don't know if Bobby Green's going to turn around that fast after that one. He did take some damage, but yeah, not too bad, so maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Um, up next, uh, we got Jamal Emmers versus uh, Vince Cachero. Um, 
I know you picked Chera on this one. It must have been rough. But bright side, he's got a, you know, all chin, team all chin. He's granite chin certified, JLT. Um, and Emmers looked good. Uh, there's no, no other way to say that. He looked good. He's seems like he's got good cardio. Um, he was kind of dominating every aspect of that fight, although um, Chera was game the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I took a took a I swung for the fences and took a took a major flyer on Cachero, just as a massive underdog. Let's see, what did he he closed at a plus four hundred underdog? So I was just thinking, you never know with these um, late late entries, things get mixed up. Jamal Amers is a guy, you never know what he's going to do. He has a win over Corey Sandhagen early in his career, but he's got some weird losses. I was more so just fading him, so it wasn't too bummed out. The dude fought fought hard. You can't be too mad, though, when they put up a good fight. When you bet on them, they're always in the fight. They don't just lay down, so you don't feel like you, wa- you wasted a bet. But, I mean, it was a slim shot going in. Tiny guy fighting a couple divisions up. But, yeah, he's tough. And he stunned him a couple times. And he had him – he was uh, – he, he didn't gas and he didn't, he didn't slow down. So, I thought – I felt like the whole fight he was always a chance. But, I mean, what was it? It was 30-27 across the board, maybe 30-26. So – I wasn't too bummed out. Dude fought hard. Uh, hopefully, he gets a chance to fight in his own earned earned a chance to fight in his own division and get some good matchups. So we'll see what happens from there. Jamal Emmers definitely seems like a guy with every tool in the in the in the books, but um, he hasn't always put it together in the past. So we'll see what happens with him. Good win for him, though. I it sounded like from the broadcast maybe this was one of his bit longer fights he's had. So maybe he's learning. I'm not sure. Still kind of a prospect. So see what happens from there. Yep, yep. And then, uh, so up next, we got uh, Chris Gutierrez versus uh, Cody Durden. Um, you know, good last name for Cody Durden. Uh, um, I think good first round for Cody Durden, but that's about it. Uh, um, he had a yeah, very dominant first round and then went on to lose the next two. Uh, what do you think? Is the decision the right way to score that, or, or what, what do you think? Well, first rule of Fight Club, always go for the 10-8 in the first round. No, that was terrible. That was a terrible 10-8 in my opinion. I did not think it was even close. To, I, um, Gutierrez took the round off, in my opinion. I just he was never he had him in some some he had him locked up in a few what a rear naked choke, sort of deep maybe, but ne- was never really close to finishing it. It was not a it was not a standard 10-8 round in my opinion, and then he dominated the rest. Of, if I felt like if the first round was a 10-8, then the round, the third round should have been a 10-8 too. And that's not really Cody Durden's fault. He came in on super short notice and gassed out. Went for it in the first round. Grinded his way to a draw, but no, I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I mean, I rewatched. I thought it was close. Um it's hard not to give it to him when he's got that much control, but he didn't really he like he had his back the whole time. Didn't really come that close to finishing it and um and he didn't really land that many significant strikes. Like, you, you could just hit, be punching the guy out, but you just let him sit there and not really do anything. Um, so, yeah, I thought um, a 10-8, usually you got to really go for it to get that. And he kind of just, uh, granted, he had control the whole time, but he didn't really, you know, take it to him. So, I mean, I, I, I understand it, but I don't know if I would have scored it, but maybe I would have. I don't know. It was close. Yeah, and I just didn't think. We've seen guys take I, – and I hear people saying this all the time, that they want more 10-8s to diver, like diversify the scoring or credit guys for work, for having big rounds. But it's pretty rare for a 10-8. You almost have to really – you have to really put it to a guy. You have to really pretty hurt, hurt a guy pretty bad, and he wasn't hurt bad. So I didn't like the 10-8. Um, credit to him, though, for grinding out a draw. Again, another tough guy. 
Uh, hopefully he gets a chance to have a full camp and um, get a get a a fight in his own. I don't know what his weight class is, but um, he looked tough. He looked strong. He just gassed out. Super short notice. So um, a draw, I guess. You don't see too many. Hopefully you don't see we don't see too many more. Yeah, exactly. So up next we got a um, fight that didn't take place, but one, I figured we'd include it on one um, of the, the fights that didn't take so. place. Yeah, one of them, but this was like maybe the most surprising since it got canceled literally right before they was about to start. So, Kevin Holland versus Trevin Giles. Um, Trevin Giles passes out backstage right before his walkout. Um, fight called off due to him fainting. Um, I was like, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, I know I've I've heard plenty of stories about guys being real nervous right before their walkout, but never to the point where they pass out and and can't make the walk and the uh, commission calls it off. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I wanted to include it on the recap here. Yeah, um, we're going to get to our real hot takes here in a second, but this is a small hot take. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely um, the nerves can get to you right before the walkout, Just, and that was uh, that was an interesting one. Yeah, pass out backstage right moments before your walkout. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, and I wonder if it's, happen- I wonder if it's happened before where I don't know. And you know what's not even though I pass out at the of the night um, – Calderwood passed out after after her fight, and they had to take her to the hospital. I saw on ESPN, they said they're monitoring something with uh, his heart. So I don't know if he actually has anything. I don't know if it was just if he just fainted. I don't really know. But yeah, uh, that's pretty weird. Kevin Holland's already rebooked, um, and I think that would have been a good fight too. So that's too bad. But pretty strange, uh, almost like a cursed card. And one more thing I want to include about this card: shout out to Dick Kicks. Because they were in in a big way. <laughs> right. For, yeah, it was the the prelims was were full of them. Record low for fights, record high for dick kicks. That's a big uh, that's a big stat line. That's what people will remember most about this card, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was the one thing. I mean, that and for only eight fights, you don't see a, um very many eight fight cards, if any. I don't I don't know the last time that I saw one. So um, I, I heard it was UFC one something. It was. It was a long time ago. Smallest wow. card in a long, long time. That's pretty impressive, though, considering how many times they've been through, uh, how many different things they've been through. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, good card, short card. I wouldn't mind if every one of these uh, fight night cards was shorter. Yeah, exactly. I, You know, the seven or 15 fight one last week is kind of, a, kind of crazy for a uh, – a fight night, yeah, and the, I mean, I think a fight night, eight fights, that's pretty, pretty good. You know, they're having so many fights, fight cards lately. I thought we were gonna get a week off this coming week, and uh, you know, they throw one in there, so it's crazy right now. Yeah, big, big story was that we thought we had a week off here. We were planning yep. our vacation. We thought we had a week off, and it did not. <laughs> we just didn't check the schedule because we don't have a week. There's no weeks off for a long time. So, so yeah, eight fights kind of felt like a week off after the 15 fight card and every other fight card. So even though a lot of them were canceled till right before, I mean, uh, Gerald Mearshart and Ed Herman was canceled like less than 24 hours before. Wondering how many of these guys on this card might have uh, uh, in- interacted with uh, Gerald Mearshart because they were shaking hands at the weigh-ins and everything. And there's a video of like Dana White shaking hands with him. So uh, maybe we'll find out in a couple days. I have no idea, but or maybe the protocol will be stricter. I have no idea, but somehow he slipped through the cracks and picked up the Corona. Not good. Not good. No, not good at all. So we'll go from here. We'll go to our hot takes of the week. Um, got any, got any spicy ones this week? Yeah, I'll start us off. I got, um, 
UFC 252 being Daniel Cormier's retirement will be the end of AKA as one of the super camps or elite camps in the UFC or MMA in general. Um, you got Luke Rockhold, DC, Cain Velasquez. They're all pretty much done. All you have is Khabib left. He's, uh, says he's only fighting once or twice more. And then, uh, after that they have nobody. So I think this is, uh, the end of an era. Yeah. It's good. Glad you pointed that out to me earlier too, because I never thought of it. Yeah. And Khabib's really only a part-timer there too. So, um, Cormier is, is what is he? He's pretty much the captain of that team. And then Rockhold's done. Kane's been done for a while. So it's, yeah. I mean, think of their heyday at one time. They not all three of them ever had belts at the same time, but at least two of them. And it was in pretty short succession that it was Kane, DC, and Rockhold all having belts at the same, sim, uh, close close to being the same time. So, and Khabib, and Khabib, was it not yeah. too, yeah. So probably so they almost had f- four belts all like all in the same like four general years? era. Yeah, probably yeah. four years I would say. And I don't even know who's out there now. It seems like it'd be a bit good camp to be at too, because those guys, I mean, Luke Rockhold is a colossal douche, but other than that. Those guys are all pretty square. Yeah, it seems like it, but yeah, they just haven't really got a new crop of guys in there. You know, most gyms they turn over, and you know they have some up and comers coming right up. But uh, but AKA really hasn't had anybody. I think they had Violent Bob Ross was fighting there for a little bit, but then he moved to uh, ATT down in Florida. Yeah. Um, I think uh, what's his name? The they got a few like heavyweights and other guys, but they're like really just going to be middle of the road, middle of the pack guys. So. Yeah, they, oh, they got they Duran Win. Uh, yeah, Duran <laughs> Win. That's one of the guys I was thinking of. They got yeah. many DC. Duran Win. That's that. They're in some trouble. Yeah, that can't be your that can't be your horse there. That's many DC there. That talk, he's like uh, he's on the Gaslam plan where he's not cutting weight. He does not care. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's all I got for my uh, my hot take. That's your hot you take. Got. That's a well thought out. That's not even really a hot take. That's more like a. Uh, that's more like an investigate JLT investigation because that's pretty deep. My hot take, fresh off the press, fresh off Twitter, had to had to shake it up and go with this one. Triple C is coming back soon. All right, this is why. He deleted his girlfriend broke up with him. He deleted all the pictures with her on Instagram just today. So, um, Triple C will be back soon. They who knows? They might even give him the fight with Volkanovski. That might be booked in the near future. But Triple C is coming back. Wow, that'd be interesting. I, I I'd like to see a fight with Volkanovski. They're about the same size. I know for Volkanovski being like way wider, but like height wise, they ain't too far off. I know that's what I'm saying too. Like if if any if the if it ever lined up for him, this would be it. I mean, plus coming off the vengeance of your first girlfriend breaking your heart. Oh, he got broken up with. Yeah, she he deleted all his pictures with her on Instagram, so that can only mean one thing. Jeez, this was a tip sent like, in by tw- a- <laughs> Twitter user Teep Edits. He makes sick Jeez, edits. It- He's a huge Triple C fan, big Twitter guy, makes sick edits of Triple C on Twitter, and uh, he broke the news probably only two or three hours ago, so it probably just happened. Oh, and <clears throat> Triple C posted a picture just all all by himself in Tula, Mexico, so um, probably Not good. short vacation, wilding out a little bit, and then it's uh, back to training because he doesn't have a girlfriend there anymore. He's not a virgin anymore, hopefully, so we might see a whole new Triple C quadruple c triple. on the quadruple c on the way <laughs> oh god i hope not I, I mean i hope so but i hope not at the same time I, I don't know if i can take that yeah i mean he's been gone a little while so i i've uh built up my tolerances uh i could i can 
deal with him again for a little while. It's one of those things. Yeah, that's true. He's gone away for a little bit. He kind of broke character for a while, too. Yeah, I guess if you're tired, you don't have to keep it up. Yeah, but hot off the press, though. Um, he may be he may be back in the gym soon. Dang, I'm excited. I, I could use a little Triple C back in my life. I, I missed him a little bit. Yeah. Well, he smashed Dominic Cruz, so he kind of won us over really quickly. Yeah, if you do that, anybody who smashes Dominic Cruz is, uh, is a hero in my book. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you got to you got to go with, you got uh an enemy of Dominic Cruz is a friend of ours. Yeah, although, exactly. Although let's be we'll be we'll talk about Dominic in a little bit, but I mean we still got to have a pretty strong stance here about Dominic Cruz. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, yeah, so that'll bring us to fighter stocks. Anyway, on a positive note, George St. Pierre is back. Fighting business it's like the stock market. Some guys, sometimes their stock is high, some guys their stock is low, and it's a question of timing. I wanted to make a big boom in my comeback, and like I said, it's like the stock market. Right now, the guy who has the highest stock, right now, it's Michael Bisping. All right, who do we want to trade on the fighter stock market today? Going up first. Um, going up, I would say Brunson, Derek Brunson. Um, you know, he's just been a uh, blue-collar stock for a while now, and he's uh, he's on his way up, so... We go Derek Brunson, Derek Blondie Brunson. Um, he's on his way up, specifically the blonde hair Brunson. If he comes back with normal colored hair next time, I'm selling right before the fight starts. But as long as he's blonde, he's good in my book. I was going to say that too. Do you probably have to keep your hair, I mean, just superstition wise, right? Yeah, it's good luck. Yeah, it works. And he, you know, he, he kind of showed up Adesanya too because Adesanya has his hair bleached right now too. Derek showed it off first. It's Brunson's thing now. Well, I mean, it's Kevin Randleman's thing for life, but it's Derek Brunson's thing for for the minute. And yeah, I have his stock going up too because I think he was he was an undervalued stock because he he had that goofy style that would um that would put him in bad positions against top notch fighters like Whitaker and some of those other guys that were able to head kick him and or elbow him in the head or whatever. He did that wild running forward thing. But he still wasn't losing. I, I like I said. I think I said last week on here, and I definitely said it throughout the week. Feels like he's got like 15 losses to his name. He only has seven. Two of them are to Jacare. All the other ones are to champs or contenders. So, um, feel like his stock's been undervalued. But it's uh, it's going up after this win. Smashed a uh, big time up and comer. So, um, Derek Brunson going up. I have Bobby Green going up for his second win during COVID. Uh, he was quiet for a long time. He's a he's a character. Kind of gets buried on the cards before. You just didn't see him as much before. But since co- his last two fights in COVID, big fight with Clay Guida, this last fight with Lando Venata, where they we knew it was going to be a good fight. Um, two big wins. A lot of eyes on him. Good story. Good on the microphone after the fight. Good message. So uh, Bobby Green stock going up. The only thing I will say is they probably told him not to do that Triple H uh, miss spit thing after they. His uh, trademark Triple H thing, because they probably don't like that. But other than that, I think everything else he's doing is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely Bobby Green going up. I also got uh, Jamal Emmers going up. Um, hasn't always looked great in the past, but I thought he put on a real good performance this week and, um, you know, looked pretty good. Maybe it was just because he was fighting a guy that was uh, a few weight classes down. Uh, but either way, he looked good this week. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, though. You just got to beat a guy up really bad, and people see it. It's just a matter of getting the eyes on you. The more you fight, the 
and the better you look. Most people don't know who didn't know who Jamal Emmers or Vincent Cachero was. I did not know who Vincent Cachero was. So you look good. You look long. You look strong. People remember that for your next fight. Um, even if you are just towering over a guy that's a weight class down, it still uh, still builds your stock. So it's um, definitely a good stock builder. I have Vicente Luque's stock going up too. Uh, just one of those guys. He's violent. He does all the right things. He just doesn't get his, his name's just not really out there amongst definitely not amongst casual fans and even even some of the people that watch a little closer. But I feel like every fight he gets a little more um, gets a little more hype, gets a little more publicity on him. And uh, I think his stock will keep going up. He has a ceiling. We saw his ceiling when he fought Wonder Boy. Just got majorly outclassed. If he can't get, if he can't hit you, he can't put on a show that he likes to put on. But you match him up with a guy like Platinum Perry that he has fought in the past, and some of those other guys he's fought in the past, and it's uh, straight up fireworks. And he's not that old. He's younger. You'd be surprised at what was he 29 or something? I think so. So, still young. A lot of good fights left in him. All right. I don't have anybody else going up. Do you? Nope, nobody else going up. We'll start going down. All right, so let's take it away. I got um, I got Edmund Shabazian. Not only Edmund Shabazian, I'll include Ronda Rousey and Edmund Tverdian in this as well. Um, it seems like anytime Ronda Rousey gets major promotional pull, she you know drops the ball. Um, you know, just uh, does not show up in a big way, and her new um, her new protege is uh, is taking a page out of her book on that one. It seems. Um, so bad performance by Edmund 22 kind of got, uh, kind of got taken down a notch by, uh, by Brunson there. Yeah. Maybe they just jumped the gun a little bit by putting him up there. Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's on the coach, man. This guy's got a history now. He's got a history of uh, yeah. run, running them full blast straight, straight off a cliff. That was not a good, not a good setup. I mean, in hindsight, it definitely was, ne- this was never a good idea. There, there was a, there was a couple steps they skipped there, skipping up to Derek Brunson. I think they were banking on the age, banking on the, him coming out sloppy, but it didn't happen, so it made him look bad. Yeah, I mean this was Ronda Rousey's chance back into the UFC. I don't know if she ever burned her bridges at the, in the UFC. She burns them everywhere else. Um, never, never really cared for her act. So, uh, hate to root against a 22 year old kid, but I did not want to see her all night long. And that's what ended up happening. So, yeah, I mean, her stock goes down again. She's uh, that's her her first loss. She is she's his manager. Is that what I is that what I heard? I had no I have no clue. I think I mean I think she's his manager. That makes sense. So she's his manager. <laughs> her her former head coach is his coach, which I don't even know. I thought after her after her breakdown, fair fair or not to him, I thought that he uh. I didn't think anyone would probably take him seriously again, like just the holes in her game. So, I don't know. He was her uh, – they did confirm, though, that he was her – I said it last week. I said, like, don't quote me on it. But he was her prop boy for when they when they uh, brought the cameras in for her to cut her promos for some of her fights. Yep. So, he was her, like, wrestling dummy. So, yeah, that stock's going down. I have JoJo Calderwood's stock going down. Um, it, it If she lost, it could only go down, so – um, not much to say there. She was supposed to. She was slated to actually fight Valentina Shevchenko, and then she lost to Jennifer Maya. You're not going to get the next uh, title. You're not going to get that title shot now, at least not for a while. So big risk, big loss, um, big stock drop. 
Yep. And up next, I got uh, got Randy Rudeboy Brown uh, heading down. Um, you know, he just likes to get on people's highlight reels, I think. So, you know, it's a, it's a bad look when uh, when you just get finished uh, quite as often as he has and uh, in some weird ways, too. Reaching down for the ground, elbows for the bottom. So, yeah, Randy uh, Rudeboy Brown going down. Yes, sir. I have the same. I have. Ran- I also have Randy uh, Rude Boy Brown. I forgot that was his name, but um, yeah, he he kind of gives you those Michael Johnson vibes, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, he does definitely. Like when he's on, when he's on, he's on. But when he he finds a way to lose, like he just. I mean, he was. They were neck and neck, stri- striking. Everything looked good, and then it's just. Next thing you know, he's on the canvas. So exactly. So, yeah, that was my last one going down. You got any more going down? Nope, that's it for me, too. All right, so after that, we'll move on to our broadcast breakdown. Um, a little different this time. They brought back the they brought back the, the analyst desk, so that was pretty interesting. Um, who did we have? We had Brennan Fitzgerald, we had Paul Felder, and we had Dominic Cruz. So total C-team effort all around. Not to say they didn't do a decent job, because we'll get to that in a minute, but um, this was the C team, just so everyone's clear. But uh, no accent. This was your. Uh, this probably made you pretty happy to hear. Yep. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was all for it. You know, no accents is a uh, is a good broadcast booth in my book. Even with Dominic Cruz, I was still you know just refreshing just to hear you know good old Americans on the uh, on the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, don't uh, we? I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to. St- bash on Dominic Cruz too hard and I don't want to give him too many compliments but I thought he did pretty good he did not bother me at all yeah you know he he didn't talk constantly so that was good um he didn't you know just harp on stuff that nobody wants to hear about like underhooks um you know he talked when he needed to yeah I thought he did a good job like you said we don't want to give him too much credit because uh still on our hit list but um yeah not a bad performance from him yeah, I mean, he's he is bouncing back though from his lowest of lows. So, a couple months ago was as low as he could have ever been. He might be a whole new man. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I thought he did fine. I, I don't think so. <laughs> Hopefully not. He's fun, he's more fun to hate. Like you said months ago, like it's more fun to hate him when he's not a pathetic bastard like he was after his loss to uh Triple C, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But then we had our guy Paul Felder on the call. He did. He's uh. He's solid. He's a workhorse. Yeah, he, he's good. He's definitely got a you know a future long term and in the broadcast booth. I think he's uh, you know, he's pretty consistent. He's good night in night out. I feel like on on the broadcast team. Yeah, he's uh he's a workhorse. And then our last guy in the broadcast booth, we had um, Brendan Fitzgerald. The guy I always forget his name, but I'll never forget his face. Yeah, Brendan Big Mouth Fitzgerald. That dude, it's just it's distracting how big this guy's mouth is, honestly. It, it takes up half the screen of my 65-inch TV. It's unbelievable. And it's like he's got more teeth than the average person, I believe, to fill up that giant mouth. It, it's it's distracting. Not, nothing against the guy. I think he's actually decent on the broadcast, uh, but it, he looks ridiculous. And I, I hate to make fun of someone for how they look, but uh, maybe we're being a little bit of a bully here. But I'm just saying what everyone's thinking. Yeah, that that sums it up. That sums it up in extremely perfectly. Like, <laughs> yeah, you you nailed it on the head. I don't even have to say anything about him. I actually, he's not that bad. He just he seems like a dork, but like a nice guy. Um, he's one of those guys. Like you can tell, he's never done anything 
he like went to school to be a broadcaster and like ended up at a uh in UFC or MMA or whatever. He like definitely didn't like train or he wasn't like a former fighter or anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a good voice for it, but with a mouth that big, I don't see how you couldn't have a like good deep voice for the broadcast booth or whatever. Yeah, and he's not like a he I mean like I said, this is the C team here. This is uh John Anik is levels above him. Mike Goldberg obviously levels above him, even though Mike Goldberg's not with the UFC anymore, but just in general. Um He's just like a consistent – he's like better than the fill-ins that they've had in the past, better than the British guys, but just like a, just like a decent guy, decent decent commentator, does his job. Yep. Yeah, but agreed. His, but his face is distracting. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the truth. All right, so that one – first time with the analyst desk back in a long time, I don't know, since pre-COVID. Um, Angela Hill on the analyst desk, that was a little weird. Um, did she look, yeah. did she look, she looked like she was bigger than Rashad Evans. Yeah. And she looked different. I, maybe I'm mistaken, but I, she used to have short hair. I thought, and yeah. somehow she had like super long, like dreads or something. Yeah, so I, I don't mean, know where those came from. Uh, but who knows? Uh, her I, voice is kind of annoying. Uh, she seems to have good insight, but I don't think analyst is the, uh, is the crew for her. Um, not, I mean, nothing against her. I thought she was pretty good. I think she's smart, intelligent, um, but I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was too bad. I did, it, how many fighters have they run through on that? The analyst desk is like step one, and usually they're pretty they're pretty raw when they bring them onto the analyst desk. I mean, like Rashad's been there forever. Rashad, like I was going to say, he looks like he's smaller than Angela Hill now. That vegan diet is depleting his all his systems. He looks tiny. But anyways... Um, I mean, she. I thought for her first time, you got it. You have to figure she's probably pretty nervous, and I thought she did a pretty good job. So, um, it's not quite as crucial to be on point right away there as it is to be like at the broadcast booth. But who knows? Maybe something she wants to work on and stick to. I think they. I think it's cool though, like that the UFC does give people that chance. I've always thought that was super cool. Yeah, exactly. And I, I thought it was kind of a weird card to bring back the uh, the analyst booth on. Um, you know, it's just kind of random. We're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it back for UFC, you know, on ESPN plus 31 dry run. Um, yeah. Shabazian versus Brunson. Like that's, that's the one that needs the analyst desk. Like we've had a, you know, a string of pretty good cards here that didn't have them. So I thought that was a little weird, but besides that, um, good to have it back. Um, maybe they're just trying to get it going ready for the DC um steep a card i would think so i would think that that was probably i mean they haven't done it in so long i would think that was probably the thought let's get it going let's run it through it was still different than it was in the past so i mean similar but different so but the first time they've had it since covid stuff started so i was just glad it was back we think we did we bring that up last week too that that's been that's been, i think so that's been yeah missing, i think we did so. so we had our eyes out for it so yeah that was it was good to have it back i thought it was fine um i never pay i mean a little bit of attention to it, not a ton, but like I said, it's just not as crucial. You can get away with a lot more there than you can. That's where Bisping belongs is the point I'm circling back to. Yep, definitely. hundred percent. That's, that's his gig. Yeah. So, so we'll call it a, we'll call it a C, the C team, but they, 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 uh, played up to their full potential. I thought this, this past week. Yeah. So not bashing C them too team. hard. C team gave an A effort. Exactly. That's what, that's all you can do. A for effort. All right, so that'll bring us to our next uh, segment here. 
You, you, know, you, you, know what, you know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? He's like, I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah. Conor McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, 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 he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather. And then he's talking about Khabib in Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. You know? I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather and I want fucking Khabib in Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? All right, our next segment, Isn't He Awesome? All right, my Isn't He Awesome is Blondie Brunson coming out and slaying the hot prospect and Edmund Shabazian and his whole Ronda Rousey back crew behind him. Uh, no, no performance bonus. That's the price you got to pay when you when you knock down Dana's favorite fighter. Um they tried to get the Ronda train rolling again. Derek said, no way. Smashed it in his tracks. We won't have to hear about it again for a long time. Thank God. Blondie Brunson also getting the W for the bleached hair boys. That was me. Just cut it out a couple weeks ago. Big on the big on the bleached hair. Been doing it for years. We got Adesanya's going to fight again with bleached hair. Platinum Perry currently has platinum hair. Max Holloway currently has bleached hair. But, uh, Derek Brunson first one to get a W with the bleached hair in 2020. So shout out to Derek Brunson. Um, also, um, Oliveira has bleached hair too, but that was 2019. No, that was 2020. That was just pre-COVID. So never mind. Not the first. Not the first 2020 bleached hair winner, but um, first one pre-post-COVID. There we go. Yeah, Brunson definitely isn't he awesome this week? He killed it. Um, I got two. I'll start with the first one. I got Kevin Holland. Um, Kevin Holland, his opponent, was so nervous to fight him. He passed out before the walkouts. You know, what's not badass and awesome about that? Uh, um, you know, he offered to fight someone else on that night. I think I forget who it was. I think it was Ed Herman. He offered to fight was, yep. Ed Herman that night. And, um, you know, so what's not awesome about that? Um, and then when that doesn't happen, he uh, he books another fight for uh, this week coming up. So, you know, he sounds like he's itching to fight. Um, you know, definitely uh definitely a game uh, you know, a game fighter. He's ready to go. And then up next for isn't he awesome, I got the boys season two coming out soon. Saw some advertisements saying it's coming out soon, so I don't know if you watch that. It's like superhero mo- uh show on Amazon Prime. It's pretty good. Yeah, I know what it is. I have not made it through I watched a couple episodes and I liked it, but I never went back to it. I'm terrible about watching T V shows, so I watched a couple episodes. Really good concept. Um, yeah, I just never, I never finished it off. So maybe I'll tune in now. If you got two seasons, that actually makes me, well, when AT&T fixes my internet. So, um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, you ain't, I you ain't streaming it. shit, dude, AT&T, man, I should have called them out again this week, but I'm not going to, because I know they won't respond. But anyways, when I get my internet back, I'll have to, I'll look into it. Cause I got, I got the Amazon prime, Amazon prime video. Also very underrated. Get slept on. Yeah, really. It really is. It's got tons of good shows on there. Um, that upload show is pretty good. I don't know. At first, I started watching. I'm like, this show is going to be so fucking stupid, and it's actually pretty good. It grows on you. So waiting for a season two of Upload. I'm sure it's going to come out. Uh, what else is good? Bosch. Bosch is just a badass um, on the Amazon Prime. But And um, Hunters is pretty good, too, The uh, where they're like hunting Nazis or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I meant to check that show out. Um, 
they got a ton of good like old HBO shows too, like The Wire, Entourage. Um, yep. Can't even remember what else. Maybe they might have Oz. I don't remember. They got a bunch of good shows. Though. Super slept on compared to Netflix. I prefer it over Netflix. So. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's up there, definitely. And you probably have uh, it if you have Prime. Most people, I had it for years without even realizing it. Like, if you have Prime, you have Prime Video. So. Most people don't even yep. realize it. So. Check it out. Yep. Little Amazon ad there, even though they lost my order. Yeah, and Beezus is a dick. <laughs> Little bald-headed fuck. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, anyways. He just seems like a fucking creep, doesn't he? <laughs> just the way he looks. He's well, just a weirdo. I'm pretty sure he, he definitely is. He's probably listening to us right now. That, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't like that little weasel. So, anyhow. Anyhow, is that it for Isn't He Awesome? Before, I think so. You got anything else? No, nothing, nothing else. That's awesome this week. Um, so that'll bring. Yeah, us, it was a what? It was a rough week for awesomeness. I feel like I feel like usually I like know exactly what yeah. I'm gonna do, and then and this week the uh, I don't know. It's just yeah, just like a low level of awesome this week. Whatever. Yeah, I mean there might be some fight fatigue setting, and we thought we had a break coming up. We thought that this was this next week was a break, and we didn't get it. So. Um, I knew Derek Brunson was going to be my isn't he awesome as soon as he, um, just because I was just begging, telling people, even though I'm an idiot and didn't even take my own advice and bet on him, but um, when he pulled it off, well, when when did you text me that you thought he was going to win like three minutes in or something? I think so, yeah. Because he it was like right at the end of the towards the end of the first round, and I'm like, yeah, right away I texted the odds out. Somebody texted like something about Brunson. I was texted the odds out like this is bananas that he's plus 305 or whatever he was at the time. So big underdog score for him. So that's when I knew. That's when I knew he was my guy. But other than that, I didn't really have anybody have any other awesome awesome potential this week. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, happens. So that'll bring us to our call out. Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. Super Bowl weekend, the biggest rematch in the history of the business. I'm calling you out, Silva, but we're up in the stakes. My call out this week is the Nevada State Athletic Commission putting a suspension on my guys Tim Elliott and Jamal Hill for marijuana use. Why are they still testing for this? I have no idea. Yes, I know it's only like 12 hours before and 12 hours after the fight. Guys, just stop smoking weed right before and right after. You're not the Diaz brothers. There's no reason to do it. But you're talking about a nine-month suspension now for two guys that are willing to fight during the pandemic. It just doesn't make sense that they're still testing for THC levels. It's not a performance enhancer. I don't know what, what the reason behind it even is, especially when you got John Jones out there still getting popped every time they test him for whatever turn a ball or whatever he's taking. All the other stuff guys are taking, still popping guys for weed. I mean, Tim Elliott, honestly, is anyone shocked that he popped for weed? I'm more surprised he didn't pop for a bunch of other stuff. Like, he looks like he substitutes, like, crack and whippets between rounds or something. Like, he, there's just no shock to me that he would be – and he, he tweeted out, like, a joke, too, like, sorry, I took the fight on short notice, which probably true, but, like, like a guy like Jamal Hill, who's won – I don't know what he is, 8, eight or 9-0, and oh, had some really good fights – 
Really high on him as a 205er because they need it in the 205 division. Now he's facing a nine-month suspension. And um, he's a guy who's willing to fight during the pandemic. He, I'm sure he would have fought again. He didn't take much damage in his last fight. So not. it's just – I just don't know why they're still test for it. The other thing that is there's no reason to test for it. Half these guys in the roster, that's like their personality is that they're stoners. Like Sean O'Malley's half his half his shtick is that he's high constantly. So why would we be surprised if like a guy like that would test positive for THC? I don't understand it. I wish they would stop testing for it. I don't smoke it myself. I don't see why they can't just not smoke it 12 hours before and 12 hours after. We'd have to talk to Kevin Gastelum because I'm pretty sure he's been like popped every single time, every single fight for it. But um, there's just no reason to test for it. I wish they would somebody would get involved and just drop that from the testing pool. Yeah, I feel like um, Tim Elliott looks like a character from My Name Is Earl, is <laughs> like doesn't he? Oh yeah. But, um, oh yeah. Are you shocked that Tim Elliott's smoking weed? Like it's more shocking that he's not testing positive for other stuff. I don't understand. Yeah, and uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, probably. I was thinking maybe the weed, like coming off that weight cut, like to um, you know to get your appetite back and stuff to uh, start eating and whatnot. That might might be play into it or something, but who knows? But I'll take it to my call out. I got um, I'm calling out Major League Baseball this week. Get your shit together. UFC wrote the book on how to um, you know, how to do sports in in the COVID era, and uh, MLB is just completely ignoring it. I think Miami Marlins, the entire team went to a club, a nightclub, and 18 out of 30 tested positive. Um, uh, St. Louis Cardinals dealing with a similar outbreak. I don't know if they were as negligent as the Marlins but I mean I guess it doesn't surprise me being in Miami and whatnot but like before we know it the entire MLB is going to be comprised of um you know single A players we're going to be watching the minor leagues Joliet Jackhammers basically <laughs> um you know it's that's what we're going to be dealing with here you know the owners and the players looked like assholes arguing over uh, overpay the entire time the owners complaining they weren't going to make any money the players saying they needed more money they should have just canceled the season altogether because it's going downhill anyways uh it sounds like they're just trying to tank it at this point so yeah major league baseball time to figure it out yeah agree 100 percent. i kind of brought that up last week when i did my isn't he awesome for the ufc when i said that they're just miles ahead of everybody and they set the precedent on how to operate during covid yeah major league baseball why are they playing in empty – why do they have to play in their regular stadiums? Why didn't they just go out to Arizona, play in like a five-mile radius where they all play in their spring training locations? I guess they tried to do that, but they wouldn't do it. So they're traveling around living their normal lives. Like you said, what was it, 18 of the players on the Marlins tested positive? 18 out of 30. Yep. Because they were in the strip club. Over half the team. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, you're not going to – you can't ask them to stop living their lives. Like, they're not going to do it. So you'd have to do some sort of bubble setup. Is I haven't watched a single baseball game, and I don't plan on it. I haven't watched it in a long time. but And that's, like, a big deal because I just kind of phased out of baseball because as a kid I watched every single game every single night. But baseball, I'm not really watching too much bubble basketball, and I watch a ton of basketball usually. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the, the UFC – they just blew everybody out of the water. And it's like I said, they're just like they're relentless in their pursuit of growth and setting the standard as a smaller organization. And they're operating on a worldwide, um, they're operating on a worldwide basically platform when the NBA, all they have to do is keep them in this, keep them in a resort. But the bottom line with that, the whole thing is it, it sounded like on paper, this was going to be like March madness. 
every single day and it hasn't lived up to that as like people who are sports fans outside of just MMA, which we are. And it just hasn't lived up to it. Like it just feels so flat. Everything feels flat. Baseball feels like it's going to get canceled. Basketball feels flat. Um, Yeah. Basketball feels like, honestly, it feels like the preseason or something to me. It doesn't, it doesn't give me a vibe that they're almost in the playoffs. Like as they are right now, like it just seems like, I don't know. It seems very amateur or preseason. It just doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't give me the, the vibe. And the UFC has, um, you know, seemed just as intense, just as uh, strong as ever throughout the the whole COVID thing. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some, uh, some things, some of these other organizations need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And they laid out the, they laid out the game plan for them. They did it months, months and months ahead of them. So I don't know. I think the UFC will definitely turn a corner with this. And maybe these other guys, Bellator, might tag along with them. Took Bellator forever to get going again. Some of the smaller organizations have been running for like a month now, whatever. But yeah, Major League Baseball, they're they're the clowns. They're the real clowns of the circus here because I don't think they're going to be able to finish the season. No, it doesn't seem like it. And if they do, like, who's going to be in in the playoffs? Like, the <laughs> basically, it's going to be like the, uh, you know, like the. Tuscaloosa somethings versus the, uh, the Birmingham Barons. You know, like the, yeah, the Birmingham Barons. Selling versus Michael the, Jordan uh, jerseys. Versus the Tallahassee Stingrays or some shit. That's who's going to be playing. It's going to be the guys from those minor league teams in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. yeah, definitely baseball needs to figure their shit out. Yeah, they screwed up bad. So, yeah, that's a good call out. So, from there, I guess we'll go to our news then. A um, little bit of news this week. Um. Big news, actually. Platinum Perry, Platinum Perry's girlfriend and him are expecting a little platinum. Jeez, platinum podcast, future guest of the show. Yeah, future guest of the show. Talk about a talk about a gene line here. Your mom's a uh, undefeated coach. Your dad's a UFC fighter. I have to say though, first thing that went through my head and it's kind of bad was like picturing them like on the beach taking shots, like celebrating that they got a kid on the way. I was wouldn't have been shocked if something like that popped up on the Instagram or something, but. Maybe Platinum put up some. He's been putting some posts up that he's a changed man. He's gonna t- turn his act around a little bit. So um, we'll give him a second chance or a seventh chance yeah. or whatever chance we're on. I believe him until I, until I have to, oh, yeah. until I see something different. Everyone else gets a second chance. All right. So after that, some more serious news. We got Khabib and Gaethje booked to headline UFC 254. Um, we knew this was coming. I didn't know it'd be this soon. Pretty exciting news. I think Khabib tweeted today or said today, 80 days away. That'll fly by, obviously. Um, this is the fight we've been – I mean, look at this lineup we got. We got DC Stipe. We got Costa Adesanya, um, Costa Adesanya and then we got Khabib Gaethje. This is uh, like a Hall of Fame couple months in U- in UFC history. Yeah, these pay-per-views are really showing up. Um yeah, I'm I'm all aboard the hype train that Justin Gaethje's gonna beat Khabib, gonna dethrone him. I don't know. That could have been your hot just, take. Yeah, yeah. That we'll put that add that up to the hot takes. Justin Gaethje gonna beat Khabib. His wrestling is unbelievable. It's unheard of. No one's seen it because it's so good. He doesn't need to use it. Um, once he uh, once he shows his wrestling, he's just gonna you know be probably not Khabib out. Uh, it's, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm all aboard it. I'm, I know as soon as, as soon as Gaethje beat Ferguson, I saw everybody on the internet being like, this might be the guy, a little buzz going and I I'm fully aboard. All right. We're aboard the, we are officially aboard the, um, Gaethje over, Gaethje over Khabib, um, 
Yeah, we're on we're on the bandwagon for that one. Um, then yep. I, then after that we got Kevin Lee says he will help train GSP for Khabib. Uh, when I saw this, I just thought this may be Kevin Lee's only chance to be part of a championship because I don't think he's going to get there on his own. The guy with all the tools can't figure it out, but maybe maybe he can help. He can be in GSP's corner. I know he's been up in Montreal training, so maybe he's a maybe he's a maybe he's the guy to imitate Khabib a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. When I saw this, I kind of just thought, like, <laughs> settle down there, Kevin. You know, like, yeah. what, what, what does GSP need you for, buddy? <laughs> I know I know you, you want to help, but let's just, uh, you know, if they call on you, then just be ready. But, you know, yeah. we don't need you throwing your hat in there. He's always been a guy that his mouth got a little out in front of his, uh, his results. Yep, yep. So, moving on from that, UFC vet Henan Barrar, Barrar uh, say it for me. Barrow. Yeah, Henan Barrow signs with Tora MMA. Yeah, I never heard of him. I just thought that was kind of interesting because, I mean, Henan Barrow was, you know, he's legit. Yeah. And uh, about- going to Tora MMA, you know, like what? I don't don't know where it's out of. Don't know anything about it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like he was in the UFC not too long ago. Maybe he hasn't fought that recently, but... Um, it wasn't too long ago he's fighting TJ Dillashaw and stuff. Yeah, you know what? He's He probably has the biggest case. Him and Garbrandt together have the biggest case out of anybody. How long did Henan Barrow? He was the champ forever. And then uh, EPO juicer Dillashaw knocked him out. He was never the same after that. Yep. Yeah, Dillashaw is just ruining careers left and right, cheating. Yeah. We hate, we hate that snake. He's on a huge losing streak, so maybe Tora MMA is the best he can get. Yeah. But, He's lost but one, since, two, three, since Dillashaw, four, five in a row. Since Dillashaw wrecked him, he has not been the same guy. He was won one fight since he fought Dillashaw. Yeah. <laughs> Dillashaw wrecked a juiced up. Juiced up Dillashaw wrecked him, just like juiced up Dillashaw wrecked his teammate. I forgot the kid's name. The kid who won the ultimate fighter, and then uh, Dillashaw needed him when he was down in practice. And then uh, – Holtz. Holt, yeah, Holtz something. Yeah, Holtzman. he won that. Uh, he won the Ultimate Fighter. He was like seven and zero or something. But there's also a clip going around this week, just going around this week of uh, Dillashaw flew in a K1, or maybe it was a Glory kickboxer or whatever. He's one of the best strikers. And then they're doing a sparring session. It's all on film, and he, uh, this dude's piecing up Dillashaw real good, stand up, but like not, not. They're not going 100. percent Anyways, bell rings like two seconds after the bell. He just pops the guy right in the head. Pretty pretty bad cheap shot. Cody Garbrandt shared it. Somebody somebody else started it, but just uh, Dillashaw, what a scumbag! Just reminding me of what a scumbag he is. Yeah, doesn't never disappoints. Huge scumbag, snake. We hate everyone Dillashaw. knew he's a snake. We hate Dillashaw here. So yeah, so Hannah Barrow signs with Tara MMA. Never heard of it. Hopefully he gets some wins. Um, Tyron Woodley says Colby Covington fight is nearly finalized for September or October. Let's hope. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah, let's hope this is the uh, a rejuvenated Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I don't want to see him lose again, honestly. But Colby Covington's a tough fight. I think it's really gonna, you know, that's really gonna show where Tyron's at. Um, yeah, he he really needs this one. So I I feel like both of them. This should be a good fight because both of these guys really need the win here. Um, Colby Covington really needs it to get a shot with, uh, you know, a second shot with Usman. Um, Tyron really needs it just to prove that he's not a full-time rapper and still a fighter now. <laughs> um, so this should be a good fight. I think both guys are going to bring it. I'll place my bets after weigh-ins when I see, uh, when I see Tyron's wagon. If he's thick with two C's, not betting on him. Back to being thick with three or four C's. 
I'm putting bet in the house on him. There you go. So that's how I make my bets there. And then we got, oh, yeah, so rare news for us. We're going to – some Bellator news. Bellator 243. We are technically a MMA podcast, but we mostly focus on UFC. But we got a pretty good fight this weekend in Bellator 243 on Friday. Chandler versus Henderson 2. Uh, Benson Henderson, former UFC champion. Michael Chandler, uh, been in Bellator his whole career. Longtime champion in Bellator. One of the best fighters in Bellator. So if you think of Bellator as almost almost slightly a step under, these guys are some of the guys that are actually could be UFC fighters. So this should be a good fight. This is their second fight. Um, Chandler won the first fight, but uh, Benson Henderson, fun fighter to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm definitely gonna be uh, tuning into this one. If anything, just for the main event, probably. I don't get too too excited about these Bellator cards. Whenever I have in the past and been like, gotta watch this one, they've always disappointed me highly. Um, so, but I definitely will watch this one. We, you know, we like Michael Chandler a lot. Uh, Benson Henderson, uh, former UFC champion. Um, it should be a good fight. I'll, I'll definitely be uh, watching this one. Yeah, there's actually some other Matt Matrones on this card and Miles Jury's on this card. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's pretty good. So, I th- yeah, who's Matt Matrone fighting? Uh, Timothy Johnson. Oh, Timothy Johnson. I, I think I've seen him fight before. A, he should, Matrone should win that one easy. 125 favorite, so he's not a huge favorite. But, you know, Matt Matrone's uh, pretty inconsistent, to say the least. But Yeah, that's true. But, oh, here's something. I just learned this this week, and I everyone pretty much knows this, I think, but Benson Henderson fights with toothpicks in his mouth. Did you know this? Yeah, I think I have seen it, which that seems like illegal in some way. <laughs> it's like, illegal. It seems like it shouldn't be allowed. It's illegal. They've specifically checked his mouth to make sure he didn't have a toothpick in it, and then I forgot who he submitted. It was when he was still in the UFC. Pops up, pops a toothpick out of his mouth. I guess he just said, I just always have a toothpick in, like, so look, maybe he's got a lot of stuff in his in between his teeth, you know. <laughs> so watch for that. Watch for that on Friday if you watch this fight. Benson Henderson with a toothpick in his mouth. That is completely shocking to me, though. Like that just seems incredibly dangerous and uh, not very smart. But I guess you've been doing it this long. Yeah. So someone get this guy a water pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toothpicks are outdated. Yeah, but yeah, very weird. The weird. The closest thing I've heard of that is Karan Butler chewing straws while he played in uh, the NBA. But still, you're not getting punched in the face in the NBA. So yeah, and drinking a case of Mountain Dew <laughs> before the game. Yeah, I mean those guys were just reckless. But yeah, watch for Benson Henderson to have a toothpick in his mouth. I think they're on to him. I think they're watching him a little closer. But he slipped him in before, so keep an eye on that. So that'll do it for the news. Then we'll jump forward now to our preview of UFC on ESPN 30, ESPN Plus 32. Black Beast versus Alexi Olenek. Um, just jump into the main event here. Pretty, pretty, possibly pretty exciting main event here. Anytime Black Beast is on the card, must see. And then, I mean, this is just a wild card, what's going to happen with him and Alexi Olenek. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm always excited for a Black Beast fight. Uh, the guy brings it. Um, we definitely want to see a win because, you know, half the excitement is seeing what he says on the mic after the fight. So we definitely need a win so we can see that. Um, yeah, I, I'm always excited for a Derek Lewis fight. You know, hopefully he brings it. He usually brings it, but his opponent doesn't always, like, kind of play the same game. Lexi Olenek, who knows how this one's going to end up. This one could be interesting. It could be really exciting. It could be kind of boring. I, I don't know what it's going to be yet, though. Yeah, um, Alexi Olenek, a little background on him. I think he's got like 75 pro fights. Most of them were when he was fighting three fights a night. He was fighting three fights a night in his pro career up until like 
Bellator signed him in like 2008 or something. So he was wow. he had he had 40 plus fights. He was fighting three fights a night in these Russian organizations. I think somebody said he fought as many as five fights in a night. Uh, 40 something years old, just got that win over Fabrizio Verdum. Most of his losses are knockouts to guys like Derek Lewis. Um, if you haven't seen many Derek Lewis fights, don't be surprised if he's losing the whole fight the whole time until the very very end. That would be his trademark move. And if he does do that, don't go away because him on the microphone is just as exciting as him in the octagon. But, yeah, I don't know what could happen. Alexi Olnik is the boa constrictor. He's a submission specialist. Derek Lewis is pretty good against wrestlers, even though it doesn't always look like it. A little unconventional. Just just stand up. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what he does, too. So we'll see what happens there. Derek Lewis is a two, minus 210 favorite. Alexi Olnik plus 175 at the moment. I would say I would take Derek Lewis on this one if I was making a making a choice now at, the, at this moment. I think he'll probably land. Alexi Olnick does get hit a lot, and Derek Lewis hits really really hard. So, you got any uh, a pick on this one or any uh, any anything you're looking at specifically? Man, I I don't really have a breakdown or anything of it, but if you ask me who I got in a Derek Lewis fight, I'm always taking Derek Lewis. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna be biased on that one. Um, there's no doubt. I'm always rooting for him. So. I, I'll definitely be taking Derek Lewis on this one. Um, up next, we got um, Omari Ekmedov versus Chris Weidman. And um, I think it's just uh, if Chris Weidman loses this one, he should be done. I think he should retire. There's no no reason for uh, for him to, you know, keep fighting. Uh, do you know what, what is this at? Is this at 185 or 205? I think it's at 185. Okay, so he's moving back down? I believe so. I think that's what I heard. Yep, return to middleweight, yeah. So, yep, he's going to be returning to middleweight. Um, yeah, the All-American. Yeah, I don't know. There's, there's not much to say <laughs> about this one. Um, it, it seems like definitely like a uh, an easier fight than what he's been fighting in the past. Um, you know, his last fight was against Dominic Reyes, Jacare, beat Gaslam. Lost to Masasi, Romero, Rockhold. So he's had a string of really tough fights. Hopefully this is a, kind of a step back that gets him back on the winning path, hopefully. But, um, you know, his his chin seems like it's kind of gone. I wouldn't be surprised to see him lose this even. Yeah, that's my thought too, unfortunately. Yeah, Chris Weidman, you see him on a card and you're like, oh, Chris Weidman. Then you think then you think of his last four or five fights where it's just been like glass chin. I mean – it's hard. It would be very, very hard. He's a minus one thirty favorite right now. Amari Akhmedov is a plus one ten. Be really hard for me to put a bet on Chris Weidman, even if I think he's far superior skill wise. And I'm not saying he is. I don't know anything about Amari Akhmedov. I just Chris Weidman's got that button that you barely have to touch to shut his lights off. And um, he's fought tough guys, but he's he's lost to tough guys. So this is a step down. I guess we'll find out if he's. Um, Still got anything left in the tank, but I don't know. I don't know what to expect. We'll have a lot better idea after this fight. Yeah, and then um, another fight I like to uh, I'm definitely going to be watching is going to be the Neil Dariush for Scott's Holtzman fight. This might be one. I don't know if I'm going to call it lock of the night or anything, but this might be. Benil Dariush might be one that I feel kind of strongly about. He always looks good in there. Um, I mean, Scott's Holtzman, he's a game opponent, but I, d- I don't think he has anything that uh, Dariush can't handle, honestly. Yeah, Benil Dariush right now is minus 170 favorite. Scott Holzman plus 150. Benil Dariush is coming off that sick knockout over um, Drakkar Close. That was like a definitely just bleed certified fight. Um, 
Dariush has been on a winning streak. I don't know if his last was his last loss. One of his his worst recent loss was to Alexander Hernandez a couple years ago now that prope- yeah, propelled, he got out. propelled Hernandez into being like a uh, a fraud prospect. But he's looked good since then. His last fight he looked really good. I mean him and Drucker Close were tagging each other back and forth. That was two forty eight. I was Yeah, he beat Close, he brought he beat Frank Camacho, he beat Drew Dober, Tiago Moises, and then before that was the loss to uh Alexander Hernandez. So I mean he He's a game. He's a game fighter. Um, his last three fights have been performance of the nights. So his last three fights he's won and have has been performance of the night. Um, so keep an eye out um, for a possible another performance of the night. Um, yeah, this should be a good one. Yeah, and a possible just bleed fight. Yeah, definitely. Um, you got anything else on this one? Uh, nothing else on this one. Then we got Tim Dirty Bird Means, which. Um, you know, that's a good nickname right there, uh, the Dirty Bird. Uh, I always liked that one. And then he's fighting uh, Loreno Star- Starpoli. Um, I'm always going to watch a Tim Means fight, honestly. Um, I don't really know how this one's going to go for him. Let's see what the odds are on it. You got them up? Yeah, Starpoli is a minus 140 favorite. Tim Means plus 120. There's a lot of close fights on this card. Yeah, a lot. Uh, betting line-wise. You know, all... a lot of times we've been seeing a lot of more mixed matches, but – a lot of these are within, you know, plus 150 or so, minus 150. Yeah. Um, Yusef Zalal is a minus 450 favorite over Peter Barrett early on the card. And uh, Kevin Holland's minus 400 over Joaquin Buckley at plus 310. That's the only that's the only over 300 or 400 favorites. Everyone else is – everyone. every other fight's pretty close. Yeah, so that, that always makes for a lot of – you know, interesting fights, close matchups. So that should be good. Um, I don't have too much to say on the matchup or anything. I, I'm always rooting for um, for Tim Means, but uh, Starpoli looked pretty good in his last fight. So, but um, other than that, we got uh, the mini Kelvin Gaslam, Nazarat Heckpressed versus Alex Munoz. Uh, it's just once you see him in there, it's always uh, you know striking how how similar they look. <laughs> I mean, Chris Weidman, I could see him getting knocked out and trying to fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nazareth thinking that it's Kelvin Gaslam and he's like three years in the past. So, <laughs> um, who knows? Yeah, Mini Gas, Mini Gas. He lost his last fight. He was a he's a minus two thirty favorite coming into this against Alex Munoz at plus one ninety. I think he was a pretty big favorite against uh, Drew Dober in his last fight when he got knocked out. He he was he was and uh, you know Drew Dober all chin comes in all jaw. All jaw, yeah, Drew Dober. All, all jaw. I'm so impressed by that guy's jaw. Every time <laughs> I, I think of him, I'm just like, damn, that's a, that's a nice jaw. Nazareth was a minus 335 against a plus 260 Drew Dober. So, wow. But Drew Dober's streaking right now. Yeah, that guy's hot. Uh, yeah, and incredibly handsome to go with it. Yeah. Fuck, I think I deleted my note again. Oh, we've got. All right, we're back. Oh, that's not it. All right, whatever. We're getting towards the end, so I can make this work. Yeah, you got your honorable right, mentions. Yep, honorable mentions. Kevin Holland getting a new fight this week. Um, Justin Guitar Hero Janes. I might have to sneak um, in on this one. Yep. I might have to sneak and in I, on Justin Jane, Justin Guitar Hero Janes at plus 115. Yeah, it's he's going to come out. I hope he brings it again. Um, we'll see. Hopefully we get a little more of an explanation behind his nickname. Uh, I'd like to see what's, what's going on there. 
And um, other than that, we got Yusuf Salah, who looked good in quarantine. Um, I think he was part of a, a nickname battle. Um, what is he? The Moroccan. Oh, the Moroccan. The Moroccan Devil. Yeah. Hey, was he the Moroccan Devil? Hold on. Yusuf Salah. He is the. Yeah, he's the Moroccan Devil. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, he we had uh, we had eyes on him early earlier in the uh, quarantine. We'll see how he does this, but he's a big favorite, so he should win. Um, and then other than that, we got Yana Kuniskaya, former um, recipient of a beatdown by Chris Cyborg, and uh, so keep an eye on her. And that's about it, really. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all. Um, look through the card one more time. Yeah, that's all. I, I mean, plenty of good fights on the card for sure. Just not too much to note on them. This will be a full-size card unless all hell breaks loose again. So, yeah, good card coming up. Another one another one back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to, I don't even know how many backs, but um, definitely top to bottom. Pretty good card. Main event, Black Beast. We don't see him. See him a couple times a year. You don't want to miss it. Uh, always electric. All right, you got yep. anything else on the card? No, that's it for this one. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready for it. Like I said, I think we got a little bit of fight fatigue coming in, but um, we'll pull out of it. Uh, you know, a big card always energizes us a little bit, so I think this UFC 252 coming up is going to be good. Um, yeah, and I'm ready for fights this weekend. I'll be watching as always. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We got a big card coming up next week. Come back next week, and we will preview UFC 252. And we will recap the Black Beast, hopefully Black Beast W, but we'll see. So that'll do it for us. We'll see you all next week. Peace. recapping this card and then we'll be previewing ufc 252 it's coming up quick so um come back next week and uh fuck <laughs> come back next weekend fuck <laughs> I go to jail if I get sacked. Yeah. So block for me. Eight ball in my corner.